why they stay when their husbands have been caught fooling around on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. This episode is brought to you by Funwise Capital. Funwise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals. Connect with Funwise to get the very best funding you can qualify for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money for your business now. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. I'm going to talk about infidelity, but specifically uh, in high power uh, political uh, marriages uh, and why women in those marriages tend to stay um, with the men in their lives who have um, cheated. I mean, there's no other way to put it, right? Uh, why am I why am I looking for fancy language to explain what's going on? I don't know. Uh, I will tell you this. Um, I think infidelity happens so often in so many marriages. I don't think there's really a, much of a difference as to why these uh, women would stay in a political, you know, high high stakes, high powered uh, relationship as opposed to um the everyday woman who was married to a guy who cheats or the everyday guy who is married to a woman who cheats. people stay in those marriages for a variety of reasons my guest has written a book about why the uh, women who are in uh, high-powered political uh marriages tend to stay with the the men who have been caught in their lives and i'm wondering oh, what is the what's the difference because in my experience Infidelity <clears throat> happens far more than it, it's the rule rather than the exception. In my experience, I know so many people in my life. I, you know, I'm an old guy, and I've I have had a chance to know a lot of people, a lot of marriages. The number of people who have not cheated is greatly outweighed by uh, the number of people who have cheated in some relationships. And so maybe I'm just uh, an old curmudgeon who just fails to see the good in people anymore. <laughs> We're going to get discuss that right now. And Michelle is a veteran award-winning journalist and author whose work has raised public awareness, broadened reader engagement, and resulted in systemic change. Uh, as a leading political reporter for the Wall Street Journal 
and covered Bill Clinton's 1996 re-election campaign, Anthony Weiner's 2005 mayor bid, and Elliot Spitzer's rise and fall as New York's governor from 2006 to 2008. A uh, few folks have had the front row seat, the spectacular fall from grace of these politicians and the women who endured the cataclysm uh, with them, ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in and Michelle to the Mind Dog TV podcast. And welcome. Hi, Matt. Thank you. It's my pleasure to have you here. Now, uh, am I wrong that there is uh, something different about women in these high stakes political marriages rather than the everyday wife who also stays with her her husband after a, a an affair? Well, I wanted to take a look at the um, specific ways that politics affected them. So, yeah, I do think that there's, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of a difference. I think um, often you find that the couple got together for a reason um, that had to do with politics. For example, they, um, you know, they believed in um, fighting poverty. For example, the uh, the Edwardses. Um, Elizabeth and John Edwards, who he was a presidential candidate at one point and um, was a senator from uh, North Carolina. I think also you see that these um, couples have a lot of ambition to not only um, have their legacy in their time, but for their children as well, um, which is a little bit different than um, private couples. I guess and I'm a I think- cynic. Uh, I'm a cynic in believing that, uh, and and I'll let you smack me down for for this cynicism. But believing that politicians really care about uh, legacy and making a change in the world, I my, I feel like and maybe it's because of everything that's happened in the last five or six years or so. But I feel like every politician who ever got in the game did it for personal power and and personal power alone, not really caring about what the big picture legacy or the effect on the world. Uh, so go ahead, smack me down. <laughs> um, that's not really what I what I looked at. Um, I looked at you know why women would stay in this ma- these marriages. I don't so, know about why but, people but, get into politics. But your premise is, is based on the fact that they, they you know there was a common interest in in world change from the beginning in a lot of these matters. Like I will look at Donald Trump and Melania and I know you kind of you you mentioned them in your book. I should even bring up the book. But I I failed to see how Donald Trump I, first of all I don't think he ever had any real principles. As far as any, I when I talk about guys who who are just in it for power, he's one of them. And I think the reason he married Melania probably had nothing to do with with uh, common values. More so, um, he was just a player and uh, gets bored with and wants young women, young women, and treats women as disposable. Now, uh, please help me see where I'm missing the point here. <laughs> Um, well, I was going to say that the um, the other thing that, that keeps these couples, that makes them a little bit different from private couples is that um, they get advice from, from um, political consultants telling them to do certain things. Um, 
to keep the women's vote and to, um, you know, make sure that the husband is still electable. Um, I rated the couples on a scale of one to 10 of how closely they fit this, um, this uh, scale that I set up. Um, and some of them like Donald Trump, you know, he's not, I don't know what, you know, why he, he would be in politics. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, but... I, I think again, and, and uh, this is where I think it gets confusing to me because I can see Bill and Hillary fitting the model that you laid out because I think Hillary had political ambitions that matched Bill's very well and they were useful to each other. And she knew that he was a player right from high school. I mean, it, it, there was no secret about that. And she did go on in 92, and I, maybe this is before you were even covering them, but you, I'm sure you recall on uh, 60 Minutes where she said, I'm just not, I'm not some Tammy Wynette just standing by her man like that was a, mm-hmm. a rehearsed speech. But in fact, she was kind of a Tammy Wynette just standing by her man, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. But for her own political uh, aspirations, I'm thinking anyway, for her own political aspirations, rather than to make sure a bill is electable at that point. No? Yeah, definitely. Um, There are a lot of uh, theatrical moves that that these couples go through to make sure that they they remain electable. Um, It's sort of like it's their... their, uh, small business is is having having the husband get elected and so um they have to maintain that uh, well, ability okay. to you know to get votes and and i think to um a lot of the advice they get from from consultants is is to remain um on the good side of of women voters right um, I, I, you know, the Elliot Spitzer thing, I, I'm kind of, I, I really just remember him, uh, you know, as a prostitution scandal. Right. But I don't remember any of the fallout. I don't, I don't even remember even hearing about his wife at, at any time during any of his campaign or being aware that she stayed with him. Uh, mm-hmm. can, can we revisit that? So just refresh my memory and the audience memory about what the Elliot Spitzer thing was about. Yeah, he was um, governor of New York and um, had hadn't even been in a full four year term. I think probably just a little more than uh, two years. Um, and he was discovered to be um, hiring uh, sex workers and taking them across state lines, which made it a federal offense, I think. And um, the New York Times published a story and he said uh, he, he was so, I think, so humiliated um, that he decided to resign his wife, Silda Spitzer, um, apparently urged him not to resign, to just kind of ride it out. And um, they, that couple is... Um, was the inspiration for the TV show The Good Wife? The Good Wife. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not a television guy, and I kind mm-hmm. of uh, I wanted to kind of open with that as as my opening tonight about The Good Wife, <laughs> but I wasn't even sure if I I had that right. I I because I'm not, I haven't had television in my house in 15 years now. I, 
uh, on purpose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for for reminding me of that. Now, uh, his wife, uh, her name, <laughs> Zelda. Uh, she wasn't a spotlight, uh, spotlight wife like, uh, say, Melania or Hillary Clinton was. Uh, she was kind of uh, in the in the shadows. No, not really a public figure herself. Or am I, do I have that wrong? Well, um, she's uh, graduated from Harvard Law School and um, was very much uh, had a lot of her own causes and. Um, Eventually, she left uh, Elliot, but she's now, as far as I know, she's um, working in uh, um, as an investment banker in a women-owned firm and um, raising money for women political candidates. Interesting that uh, eventually she did leave. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering how often that happened. Wait till the career is over in some sense, uh, and then mm-hmm. and then split. Uh, how common mm-hmm. is that? I don't know. I think, you know, she stayed for six years until Elliot ran for a position in the New York City government, and he didn't make it. He sort of washed out in the Democratic primary, and they split up soon after that. And that sort of um, argues to me that she was hanging in there to help him uh resurrect his political career wow uh i'll bring up the book again now the book is called why they stay sex scandals deals and hidden agendas of eight political wives now in writing this book did do you have the opportunity to actually interview the woman and talk to them and, uh, and get their perspective on this or uh you just kind of dealing from circumstantial evidence and stuff you got in uh the history and the documentation of what went on but basically drawing your conclusions based on theory rather than actually talking to them um no i i i didn't end up talking to them i ended up um I know a lot of people sort of in common with a lot of these couples, not obviously the Roosevelt's or the Kennedy's because <laughs> <Yeah>. they're uh, <laughs> in history, but um, some of the New Yorkers, especially, uh, you know, the Clintons and, and uh, Anthony Weiner and, and Elliot Spitzer. Um, I tried to interview uh, Melania Trump, but um, they, she said no. Oh, surprising. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think they're particularly open or or wanted to expose her to many um, interviews that weren't basically Fox or Fox News or something, something that they knew they would get a lot of softballs for. Mm -hmm. But that one is 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 very different from from the other seven that you looked at. No, that that relationship or is or is it not? Yeah, it it is very different. And it was hard for me to um, sort of wrap my head around that one. Um, I think there, you know, maybe third marriage for him, um, a little bit more transactional in a sense, like um, he gets, you know, a beautiful woman who um, supports him and um, backs him up. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it just occurred to me that she's probably unique in this respect—that she's the only one who 
he actually cheated on his previous wife with i mean no <laughs> most of those other guys weren't divorced they were on one marriages when when they when they mm-hmm. had their sex scandal donald trump had been known to be a player and had several <laughs> divorces and was in fact cheating on i guess mala or whoever the previous wife was with Ivana. Oh, <laughs> with Marla. Yeah. And then, and then, um, I don't think, um, he wasn't married when he met Melania. Oh, he wasn't. I thought he, I think, I, no. uh, maybe I'm wrong. Then I thought he was, I thought he was actually, cause I knew there were some, uh, affairs that Marla knew about that he was having with him. But, uh, again, I'm thinking that what makes them unique is, Melania kind of knew what she was getting into. She knew. Absolutely. Did Jackie uh, Onassis know that Jack was that kind of player or not? I think um, she probably did. I think Jack and Jackie both had dads who were um, players and kind of famously so. I mean, bragged about it and and were pretty flagrant. And I think they just um, went into marriage assuming that's what the deal was um that powerful men played around right uh, do the times uh have anything to do with this in other words the the mindset of the era uh let's face it in 50s and 60s or even before that and i'm sure you can go back in history um powerful men were almost expected to have a, a side woman or something, right? So that that's kind of changed. But uh, it seems that this is a common thing that a common theme that most of the women did know what they were getting into when they decided to get married. Is that fair to say? I think so. I think um, Hillary certainly had some indications, and um, Melania. I think they knew, you know, that their men were, had this tendency and, and maybe made their peace with it. I don't know, um, you know, what's in their hearts, but there's definitely evidence that, that they had some um, concerns about, you know, fidelity before they get married. So um, I, I would think that that means that you kind of think, well, Maybe that's not the most important thing to me. There's other things I get in this marriage. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why I opened up with with kind of I think in to some respect in some respect it's not the stakes aren't as high, but the reasons are the same why people stay in marriages with inf- infidelity. Like that's not the most important mm-hmm. issue. That's not the mm-hmm. game breaker. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like um there are more important things. Yes, this hurts, and especially if it's public like that, it's going to be humiliating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, on some level, it's not worth breaking up because there are bigger, bigger fish to fry. Um, and that that I think that plays down as to common, you know, everyday worker worker day family, you know, mm-hmm. or couple. Uh, the same kind of dynamic. It's just that the stakes become higher, right? Mm-hmm. The, the payoff comes becomes higher. What what was the most surprising thing that that you discovered in writing this book? Um, well, I think you know you're you're correct that there are a lot of the same uh, motivations for these public couples and the private couples. Um, but I think the humiliation is really I think that's it's got to be magnified just like a million times when you 
you know, when you're uh, in public life and, and the press is writing about you, I just, that seems like a really tough way to go to me. What was most surprising? Um, I think, you know, um, I found that, uh, when when i was working as a reporter and and i you know i just want to say i i wasn't didn't cover politics for the wall street journal i was that was some previous newspapers i worked for um <laughs> you know i feel like we were always writing about the men and um i i learned so much about the women's lives like um how they were raised um what sort of challenges they had as kids um and then interesting how they when they came across this political crisis and personal crisis um they ended up um a lot of them got really strong and uh were kind of like you know this marriage thing is it's not doing it all for me i'm gonna um go chart my own course in a way and I think you saw that, especially with Eleanor Roosevelt, pretty famously, right? She um, ended up becoming a, a public figure in her own right. Um, but I think you see it to a different extent with, with our more modern women as well. Well, Eleanor Roosevelt is one that uh, is an enigma because we didn't, I, I, you didn't live through that time and I didn't live through that time. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to uh, see some people tomorrow who might have actually <laughs> they were very young at the time though um but um because it's vets day and i'm playing for the vets tomorrow <laughs> and nice. some world, world war right. ii vets right. so th so they should know uh, something about that era but uh now there are a lot of conjecture conjecture about eleanor roosevelt and was it a marriage of convenience so that, does that separate mm -hmm in any way and there are similar rumors kind of about hillary you know about them being lesbian and that marriage was only a a beard um did mm. you discover any of that is, is any truth in in any of that stuff not that i'm mad not that it matters for the salacious stuff about the lesbianism it's just whether the marriage was really legit or not or just for appearances well, um, the Roosevelts had five kids, so I mean they were certainly um, in the bedroom together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and I think that after I did most of my research on them, some more, I didn't find a lot about her having um, lovers, female lovers, but I think that a couple of books have come out since um, I published mine. And, and so I feel like, well, there's probably a lot of evidence for that. Yeah. I think they, um, you know, after she found out about his affair, I think there's, there's a story that he tried to reconcile and say, you know, after a while, a couple of years or something, say, let's, you know, try to make a go of it again in this marriage. And she said, no, I'm, you know, my heart's broken. I'm not, um, I'm not interested. Wow, so that's kind of sad. I I, um, don't, I don't think of politicians to have with in terms of having a heart. So it's hard for me to even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I'm jaded. Obviously, you can tell I'm jaded towards politicians. But with, with, regard, with, with regard to that, I mean, people, and I would say, I have said this in, in the past when, when the discussion of Eleanor Roosevelt having children, even though people accuse her of uh, being a lesbian, uh, and I always say, well, that's an awful long way commitment to the bit, as they call it, in the in the uh, entertainment field, if you're an actor. And like, similar to the people who say Antifa were behind January 6th, well, well they're really committed to the bit because they're willing to go to jail for it. They're still claiming they're Trump people. And uh, so I would say, uh, and I have said this as the argument for uh, against Eleanor uh, Roosevelt actually being a lesbian. It's like that would take tremendous commitment to the bit to go through having several children just for appearances, all the pain that goes with pregnancy and the delivering of children just to keep up appearances. Uh, so it's a far way to go. So I'm on, I'm in the camp that uh, probably a lot of those rumors aren't true, but maybe they are. But I'm just wondering mm -hmm. how that affects the, was Franklin, uh, was FDR, um, it, was he unfaithful? I, I didn't know. I, if he was, I don't know about that. Yeah, he um, he had a, a an affair with a woman, Lucy Mercer, who had been um, a secretary for Eleanor, and um, he and Lucy were writing letters to each other. He was under secretary of the Navy at the time, not president yet, and. Um, he came home from um, Great Britain and had the flu and and Eleanor unpacked his bags and found the letters in there. And that's how she found out about the affair. Was it, um, was it, a, was it a physical affair or just a written, <laughs> a verbal affair? <laughs> Pretty sure they, you know, were lovers and okay. um, Apparently, uh, he had another lover as well named Missy Lahand that one of his kids wrote about years later. None of this came out during the Roosevelt's lifetimes. It well, all you, that out. doesn't surprise me at all yeah. because people didn't even know he was in a chair for a long time. Mm -hmm. right? Right. So, I mean, right. if they can keep that a secret, you can easily keep a, uh, something like an affair a secret. So right. that doesn't surprise right. me at all. What do you think about, um, because we're getting to the point where it's it's inevitable, we're going to have a female president sooner or later. Uh, mm. Do you think the dynamic would be the same? Uh, you know, woman president, the first man discovers she's actually had an affair. Uh, do you think the dynamic would be at all the same? I don't know. I, you know, it depends. I think part of it is, um, is it private between them? Then that... I, I all bets are off, you know, because I think people can work out their own deals. Like you've been saying, a lot of people forgive these things in their marriages. And um, if it's public, I think that's uh, that's a whole different deal because then you're talking about is the person electable again? Should the person resign in um, you know in in shame? I don't know. I, I think Americans would not be very accepting of a woman cheating in her marriage. No doubt about it. And uh, I, I put a lot of thought into this before this show tonight because I was thinking about a lot of men 
would not want i mean they we think you know men are kind of um okay and less emotional than than women and and less mm-hmm. driven by emotion but i don't think that's true in the case of infidelity a lot of men are their worst fear is to be for people to find out their wife cheated on them mm-hmm. the public and make that you know because uh that reflects yeah and, and it doesn't work in the mindset of thinking well if i get caught cheating on her it reflects on her uh, validity as a woman, but they think of it as if I, if she cheats on me and people know about it, it reflects on my image as a man mm-hmm. and my validity as a, a, right. a man. So I don't think I think the man would uh, uh, the man would go out of his way not to just to cover that up and not to ignore mm-hmm. it, and not to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that dynamic would be because it'd be so humiliating for him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's a, but we, I think we are going to get to that point. I'm not sure. And this is where I, I want to go with this is the idea. Uh, I'm not sure that a woman in office would be that irresponsible. And you talked before about political consultants and people guiding your political mm-hmm. career. It seems like none of these guys had anybody in their camp that said, listen, it's four years or eight years wait till it's over i mean do what you want but don't be stupid don't don't jeopardize your presidency they could bill clinton most you know the mm-hmm. most uh, obvious uh mm-hmm. people are watching you you know people are watching you waiting for you to do this and you can't keep it in your pants for mm-hmm. four years or eight years uh have you is that in, in the book at all do you write about that, that you know the mindset of that and where where they fail to actually come come across to get that message across of patience man patience. i know you're a cheater but don't keep it all keep it in your pants for eight years <laughs> well i i hear you on that i mean i um a lot of people have written about wh- why the men cheat and i <laughs> i didn't really take that up i i sort of wanted to do the other side of things um but i, I have to think that you know hillary hoped <laughs> that 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 would be the case you know, you're in this public office, uh, this amazing opportunity to be president. And right. um, I think that it must be a compulsion and it must be just um, something that he can't control. Right. Well, you mentioned Spitzer and Wiener, and obviously it totally destroyed their political careers. Mm. We have another one in New York now, and Andrew Cuomo, who mm-hmm. appears to be the same thing. But Bill Clinton, it didn't destroy his career, but it did taint his presidency in a huge way, right? Uh, so that part of it, and it did not, I'm not necessarily his infidelity, it didn't make Hillary. Um, more sympathetic to 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 the the mm. public it made her actually the opposite it's almost like she's cold mm-hmm. and calculating and and so it kind of took it hurt her politically to stand by her man do you mm-hmm. agree i i do agree i think we didn't really know that until the she ran for president i think you know the jury was kind of out about like how people would would view her decision and whether that would um, play into the, how they voted for her. And um, I do think that it hurt her that she, um, 
that she stayed with him. I, I don't know how much that played into how people voted, but to my just observing and listening and talking to people, I feel like, yeah, people were like, I'm not sure I can trust her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really get, you know, in a deep way, like why she's made the decision she has. And part of that is people, again, I mean, this is a double standard, but we do expect women to have more of a heart, be more emotional, and and to see a woman cold and calculating, as Hillary seemed to be, uh, takes some of the best qualities that we attribute to women uh, away from her and makes her more manlike. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? Uh, to me, it, it, it feels like, you know, that's something a guy would do. A guy would think of, think of his political interests uh, before uh, his heart. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's I, I think um, you're, I, I, I wouldn't agree with you on that. I, I, a big fan of Hillary's and I feel like, it just if a woman is um, intellectual and judicious, that doesn't, you know, make her man-like. Right. Do you feel uh, like uh, it? What? What? And I, I, I find it hard that you would disagree with this, but the fact that the affairs, other than the affairs, Clinton's re- uh, record as president. You know, obviously he was being mm. investigated from day one, but his record at, in office would have been almost spotless if not for the monica Lewinsky uh, thing right and so it it definitely tarnished his legacy as a president it definitely tarnished uh his um ability to get things done in a lot of ways do you do you agree with that i think he was a real centrist and maybe that's an achievement in itself given well, given what came afterwards, we're so divided now. Right. Um, I think that he did some some good things for um, welfare reform, for um, health care. Um, I don't know about policing. I I, I think it was a little bit. Um, I am not a fan of his record on policing. Really. I don't I'm not even really sure what his record on policing was. I'm going to have to look that up, but I'll find out what you're alluding to. But uh, just the fact that I'm thinking that just the the affair itself uh, kind of stained his his presidency in in a mm-hmm. way that um, obviously it didn't stain JFK. People knew about that. It didn't stain uh, FDR. Well, I did not know about that. But, uh, you know, it didn't ruin his career, but it, it definitely left a real... Um, and people will... People who are tend to be on the other side politically uh, will just bring that up. When you talk about what you didn't like about Bill Clinton's presidency, that's all they got, generally. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... it's uh, an easy, easy to grasp that concept for one. And, um, I also think that, that the, um, his opponents just took it and ran with it, you know, at the time and, and he handed it to them. Did, did you look at, um, the dynamic between the first lady in this, in, in these cases, uh, and the, um, 
mistress uh for a lack of a better word to describe so uh and you know we we know that hillary was pretty mean to monica Lewinsky, right or or dismissive of her and all that stuff did you look at any all those relationships and see any difference in the the way those uh first ladies handled the accusations especially with it, it in reference to uh the, the women that they had the affair with um i i don't really recall how hillary treated monica i think that there was some comment about a, a dismissive comment like you said that got reported but yeah. i don't really I, I don't have a good handle on that and i can't really think you know i i don't know many of the wives who've engaged with right. the other woman right i know marilyn monroe with jfk but uh i don't think she was vilified in any way by i don't think jackie ever mentioned any of it did she did she acknowledge any of it she did in her personal life she um went to a doctor friend and and asked him for some advice about how to um be sexier and 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 keep her husband at home um so but i i as far as publicly and acknowledging i don't know that she ever addressed it yeah, I gotta wonder what was going through that doctor's mind. Uh, you, mm. you, you're trying to tell uh, Jackie Kennedy how to compete with Marilyn Monroe to be on, <laughs> on a sexy scale. <laughs> what, what, are you even, yeah, what are you even thinking there? Uh, it's just such a a, uh, a weird thing. But how about afterwards? Because I mean, we see Monica Lewinsky has still got a public life now. She's an anti-bullying advocate and doing some great mm, things with right, her life. Right, still right. very supportive of Bill Clinton. I'm not sure where she stood on when Hillary ran. Was she, was she still supportive of Hillary, even though uh, all of that stuff? Do you know? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I got. I got to find. I got to do some research on that and find out because I. She is pretty vocal, Monica. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, she but, really is. Uh, and, and I, I think she has a really good point. I mean, she she was held up as as such a young woman and and vilified, like you said, and and um, made fun of, and and uh, God bless her. I don't know how she survived. No, I agree. Yeah. She's a hero to me. Uh, she definitely is a hero to me in in terms of. Listen, I, I'm going to be kind of frank here with the language, but I, I at 22, I made mistakes that would just make hers just look like so small. And I said this to somebody, if if I was a 22-year-old uh, and the president had, you know, desires on me, I would probably get down on my knees for him. I mean, uh, at 22 years old, you can't hold people responsible mm -hmm. for the mistakes they make at 22 years old. If, if you look at your own life, I mean, God bless her for actually being um, good enough to make it to the White House as an intern as a 22-year-old. Mm -hmm. That's something that none of us can can claim. Uh, right. And so, you know, but to be bullied, bullied for it, harassed, made the poster child for mm -hmm. internet trolling and come through mm -hmm. with, with a a genuine desire to help 
people who are also dealing with that uh, deal with it in a more productive way. And the fact that she didn't kill herself and use that to to move on to a productive <sighs> and you think she's a hero to me. I mean, yeah. whether I agree with any of her politics, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her politics are, but you know, I right. think we need we need to be able to look at that. But were there any other cases like that where that you in your with the eight couples that you looked at where the uh, mistress was vilified in such a way? Mm, there is one. Um, he was <laughs> a politician in um, England and um, this oh, yeah. guy had a, an affair with an, a man and then the man ended up um, accusing him in court and and uh, the Jeremy Thorpe was a, a member of parliament and he lost his, once he was in court with this, he was up for re-election and he lost his um, case and uh, lost his election. Um, and then that was sort of uh, the end for him. But Norman Scott was the man who... Um, accused him and that's become a a fairly famous case the other people you almost you don't have a a name to put to the scandal for i was thinking elliot Elliot spitz was prostitutes so and people generally Mm -hmm. think prostitutes can't be victims of anything right (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh but uh thinking about anthony weiner wasn't his an underage or maybe i have that wrong Mm -hmm. i don't want to speak at school but somebody who was very young right so it's right uh, no 15 year old girl yeah right eventually i mean there were a series of them and then um that was the one that uh obviously that's illegal and he spent time in jail for right other than hillary uh were there any that you looked at that were so um public about denials and 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 fighting it fighting the perception as loudly and as aggressively as she did i think um that she's probably the the most um the most aggressive i think one thing that um to give a a counterexample of somebody who handled it differently was um, the Vitters, who are a couple from Louisiana. He was um, a U.S. senator and uh, was caught having his name in the book of a woman named uh, who was known as the D.C. Madam. Right. And um, so the the couple uh, apparently. Um, once this came out, they um, sequestered themselves away for two or three days and came out to have a press conference afterwards. Um, and they spoke to the press. Uh, Wendy looked very beautiful um, in a nice dress because I think, you know, for that reason you were talking about before, like you, you don't want to feel like, oh, I gave him reason to, you know, stray. Right. And um, so they came out, they had the press conference. She said to the press, please let us have our, they have four kids. Um, Let us have our summer. Don't, you know, don't be hounding us. And um, this was years ago. And um, 
ever since, if it comes up again and, and somebody asks them about it, they say, we dealt with that. We, you know, we, we answered the questions. Um, we're done with that. And well, they just refuse I, to go back to it, which I think that's a good, good, you know, <laughs> obviously I, I think the, the world is voyeuristic in, in, in the news. There are, there's so much on the news that I should not know about. I should not even care about. There's no reason for me to care about. And I think unless the, the idea is that unless it's compromising to the position, like you don't want the pre president of the United States to be subjected to blackmail. Mm -hmm. If that's not a condition, I really shouldn't know about it. And then I think they should have the mm -hmm. privacy to deal with it and put it behind them, especially if it's in the, in the past. But for, uh, for most of America doesn't agree with me. They, they are vultures for the voyeuristic and, and the sensational and mm -hmm. a sex scandal will, will light that up. Um, so is it hard for these women to um, deal with that? And I know it's got to be humiliating, but some of them seem so tough that I know I could never, never deal with that. It's part of the string that ties these eight women together, the eight women that you looked at, mm -hmm. uh, there's just inner fortitude, the strength to say, I can deal with anything that the world throws at me because that kind of stuff publicly would break me. I know it would, uh, but they have to have to be very strong women, right? Uh, yeah, I I can um, sympathize with what you're saying. I, I wouldn't, I would be um, a wreck. Right. I mean, I... And to be able I, to say, put it, that would you, we put that behind either. us, and would, that, that we've answered those questions. Just that alone takes a lot of mm -hmm. strength. To just it <laughs> not, really does. not to give into the vultures. You know, there's some evidence that that the Republican Party was really happy that she did that. Um, the uh, when Trump was president, he named her to the federal bench. Wendy Vetter, wow. the wife, and she's um, serving a lifetime appointment now. So wow. I think, you know, there's sort of good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you kept this um, this enterprise known as, as David Vetter's U.S. Senator. You kept it on the rails. And, and so we're, we're happy. And, and here's your reward. Yeah. Uh, how, how, you know, not, I I feel like embarrassed to even ask these questions, not because uh, it, it says anything about me, but it's what it says about the American people <laughs> and, and about and reading in general. How how big is this book and how how deep a read is it? How many pages are we talking about? Oh, it's um, 275. Oh, that's like not it. much at all. I mean, no, cause it, looks, it looks like a thick book. <laughs> And believe it or not, I've done enough author interviews now and track how books sell after uh, we do programs and stuff like that. And uh, the size of the book uh, is a determining factor in whether people will actually read it. It's an indictment of where we are today with, you know, just the reading and education and all that kind of stuff all at once. But the fact that if a book is too big, people are not going to be interested in it. Mm -hmm. so. So good. Yeah, uh, we have short attention spans now, right? Right. Yeah, and audiobooks are the thing. And uh, so, mm -hmm. is your is your book available in audiobook? There was, yeah. Um, I did a first version uh, in 2017, and that one is audio. But then, um, 
to your point, I wanted to include the Trumps. Um, and so I took out a couple of those chapters and added the Trump chapter in because we didn't want to make it too long. So um, this one, we haven't quite produced the audiobook yet. Gotcha. Uh, I wasn't aware that this was the second version. Mm-hmm. Of the book. Um, aside from Trump, and I don't want to give anybody uh, ammunition, <laughs> but aside from Trump, every single one of these people were, were Democrats, right? And I don't want to give the impression that this is <laughs> a Democratic thing, but all, all these other guys we talked about were all Democrats, right? Um, not the Vitters. They're Republicans, and um, yeah, that's. But but the others are Democrats. Although oh. I would say that I sort of wish I put Arnold Schwarzenegger in here. Oh right, For a little balance. You know, this is where we cross lines now. I, I aside <laughs> from Arnold being governor of California, which I tend to forget about a lot. Uh, it, we've blurred the lines between what is a politician and what's an entertainer so much that I don't, I, I forget mm. that Arnold is, uh, I even forgot that he, he had affairs and all that stuff with mm-hmm. him, whatever, but I don't even think of him since he's out of office. I don't even think of him as a politician anymore. Just mm-hmm. it, what do you make of that? The current political landscape with, you know, we had Ronald Reagan, of course, he was an actor who, but he was a politician for a long enough before he ran for president. Mm-hmm. Now we have people like Dwayne The Rock talking about running. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what do you make of the current political climate where it seems like anybody thinks they can run for president and be president? Yeah, I think that that's definitely true. I mean, I think in the past you had to check certain boxes, right? You had to have I run have for a lower office and then <laughs> work your way up. And um, well, I think probably entertainers have a certain um, skill set that that's important for a, a politician as well to be able to think on your feet um, to hold the attention of an audience um, to be charming. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. you know, charming is in, in the eye of the beholder, right? <laughs> uh, obviously, um, not a Donald Trump fan myself at all, uh, but mm. uh, I think I don't know if there's any going back from this kind of legacy that he left us now that um, mm. uh, you know, this when you talk about cult of personality, we're talking about where people uh, care more. They don't even have to know what the real principles or, or ideas or policies that you're talking about are. As long as they can get attached to who you are, they will support it. And I'm wondering if, if that mm-hmm. plays into moving forward, this idea that fidelity doesn't matter. I mean, pussy grabbing and you know all the kind mm-hmm, of stuff mm-hmm, that we got. Mm-hmm. didn't matter to anybody anymore do you think it, it, moving forward that will be that will carry through and nobody will give a damn about these affairs i think probably you're right i think that the trumps were a real turning point and that's why i did a second edition because i was i thought wow this couple has so discombobulated my ideas about how how the American public will judge these affairs. I mean, so much came out about Donald Trump and, and people elected him. 
Right. And so I thought, wow, <laughs> that's really uh, something I need to take a look at. So right. um, it, I, it, I agree with you. I think that there is a an enormous amount of forgiveness if people have attached themselves and their identity to um, to to someone like a charismatic figure like Donald Trump. Right. In the past, I mean, I mean, let's let's look at it realistically. If if George uh, Walker Bush. <laughs> were were found to have had sex with a porn star while married uh, um he would not just been removed from office resigned and, and disgrace he would have been a pariah mm-hmm. for the rest of his life mm-hmm. meanwhile we see people just saying ah so what it's from like oh, <laughs> very, yeah, i yeah. i really think he's changed the um changed the calculation now right. i don't know if a regular guy you know sort of like someone like um poppy bush i don't know he's he seems like a more you know he's not this like exotic character like donald trump and and i think so so the moment you decide that you're you like trump you just have to sort of accept all his flaws i guess or or his quirkiness it's so bizarre now uh with melania and I'm not sure that this was ever the case before. I tend to doubt it because, well, first of all, there weren't cameras everywhere uh, and oh, 24-7 everywhere mm-hmm. they went. But we see, I, it made me, uh, I'm just priv- privy to them and you don't see them as much because you don't live on Twitter as like I do. But I see lots of videos where she looks like a hostage. Uh, lots of them. The ball game uh, about a week ago, uh, mm-hmm. you could tell she she looked like she was held hostage, but she stays. Uh, do you get any sense of um, of of what, what they, like she really wants to leave, but feels bound to for some reason? Because she does look like a hostage in a lot of those videos. Mm-hmm. Any sense of what that's about? I've really gone back and forth about the hostage thing. For a while, I thought, yeah, she she does look like she doesn't want to be there. You know, the um, Donald would turn away, and she'd be like, oh, you know, yeah, something all like the that. time. Yeah, um, I don't know. You know, I think she, um, I think they're more politically aligned than. Uh, th- this is what I got from my research is is the argument that. Maybe she um, is there because she agrees with his politics. They um, have a deal that they both have, you know, sort of separate realms in life. And um, she's going to support his ambitions, but they're not hers. It's not something that she, political achievement is not something she's interested in. But I think she does it because she's agreed to be a supportive spouse. It's a hard um, life, isn't it? it? I mean, to be <laughs> in a political... It's hard enough to keep a marriage together as a normal workaday couple out of the spotlight. And it's even harder when you're a celebrity. But when you're a president uh, of the United States, and especially in today's day and age, again, where there are cameras everywhere, always the focus of attention. And when that president happens to be an attention whore like we've never seen before. It makes it so difficult to actually be in a relationship and have a, any sense of like real personal life. Is it doesn't, isn't that true? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, and I'm not sure that, 
don't know. People say Melania is a private person, but I do think she likes to be beautiful in the spotlight, looked at, admired. Right. And, she know. did. She was planning on staying another four years, right? Because uh, she did that with the Rose Garden very late. Like she had, she. Oh. She could not have done that, not anticipating she was going to be there for another four years. So at some level, she must love that attention. And so I'm thinking that might that's a thread that probably runs through all all eight of the uh, women that you looked at, too. On some level, they just love being the first lady or, you know, a uh, very important person. Right. So yeah. Oh, definitely. Yep. They so, do like to be important. I think I think that's true. Yeah. Um, now, uh, did you look at any? Uh, and, um, it's I don't even know how to say any uh, possibility. Any other relationships outside of the eight that you looked at, where probably this was going on, but it just wasn't discovered. Um, I was sort of uh, surprised recently to read a book about. Um, Lady Bird Johnson, and apparently he was. That would not around all that the would time. not shock me at all. Texas old <laughs> old guy from Texas uh, having yeah. having uh, side <laughs> side woman would not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. It and seems- she just put up with it and and helped run the government and did her uh, power play thing that and uh, so I you know but I hadn't really that hadn't been like a really public thing about lbj that i knew so that was news to me um well i mentioned the democrats and and a lot of the guys you're looking at were democrats now democrats are more aligned with the uh concept of feminism so uh, a woman who stands by her man in fidel in in cases of infidelity kind of runs counter to uh the whole feminist movement has that uh, reflected in itself in any way in into the dynamic of the, the infidelity and what it means to the candidate and what it means to their base, who obviously are more more inclined to be feminist than a Republican would be. Those are um, good questions. I think that there is a lot of judgment about women who stay from feminists. Right. They feel as though I mean I I've just reading various and and I consider myself a feminist but um I know that there have been some arguments saying well you're enabling these men you're yeah, standing yeah. by them and they're humiliating you again and again and it's a bad example for for other women to be humiliated to enable your man to continue to succeed in spite of you know this bad treatment does it go beyond lip service though because uh i i agree with you and i guess on the sense i i am definitely a feminist i i i (laughs) i don't i think that is enabling them when they when they just don't stand up for their own uh integrity or or self-worth to say i I deserve better than that Mm -hmm. but in cases of hillary clinton i know when she came out with that i'm not just some tammy wynette standing by Mm -hmm. a man a lot of people saw through that 
or or there was two two schools of thought, I should say. One is that she obviously she must be naive or in denial. And the other one is that she knows that's not true. She is just standing by a man. But a lot of the feminists were appalled by that, that she was just standing by a man, but still committed to her, committed to him, and it didn't hurt their uh, the actions they take. They might have put some lip service to, well, that's she's, she's doing a disservice to feminism by standing by him. But in the end, it did not stick. Uh, is do you have any kind of um, response to that? Any kind of uh, insight into whether it does stick or not? Did she did did the Clintons lose any support because of that? At the time or later? Uh, at the time or at the time, it, obviously he got elected. But I think Ross Perot had <laughs> right. Ross Perot had a lot to say in that. But then moving on uh, as his second election, and then when she started to run for senator, none of that carried with her. That uh, yeah, she talks about feminism, but when it came down to really standing up as a feminist and setting an example for feminist women, uh, she balked. Uh, that didn't yeah. carry through, did it? Well, I think you know the way she's dealt with that question is to say, this is my marriage and, and I have my own private decision to make. And, um, and I think, you know, therefore you, the public are entitled to, you know, judge that if that's, if that's how you want to, um, base your vote is on my decision or, or, um, but I do think it hurt her. I, I don't think that she, um, I think that the, the whole question of being trustworthy um, is, is something that people say about Hillary. And um, I think that one big question in their mind is, is why she made the decisions that she has um, about ma her marriage. Hmm. Uh, Hillary Clinton will be one of the people I think we'll probably be talking about, not we, uh, but people will be talking about 200 years from now, right? Uh, I agree. As, um, uh, what might have been, a lot, lot of what might have been, what could have been done differently in her case. Mm -hmm. or, or, mm -hmm. uh, but you say it did cost her, and I know we're over the hour, and I will, I will be respectful of your time. But it, you say it did cost her, and I, I agree with that. The, the problem with the 2016 election it, to me, in both parties ran people that were highly distrusted or or, or had unfavorable ratings. Like, uh, uh, and it was it, it it became definitely a uh, contest of who was li disliked the least, <laughs> and mm -hmm. it set a bad example for politics. But do you think that all the stuff we talked about, the affairs, you know, all that stuff, is what kept her from actually winning, or was it just that? Uh, um, uh, you know, Trump's um, use of people who were not involved in politics at on any level, and people who didn't care about politics, all of a sudden <laughs> came out of the woodwork, put took their white ho hoods off, and went went out. <laughs> and oh went my out. gosh! I, well, they did. I you mean, have let's, some opinions. <laughs> well, let, let's be honest. Uh, the the 
white supremacists that that are ha- stayed hidden in America didn't vote until 2016. A lot of them didn't vote, and all of a sudden they had a reason to go out and vote. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not calling all Republicans Klan members, but I'm saying the Klan did come out, and the uh, white supremacist militia groups definitely did come out to help Trump. Now, is that what made the difference, or is Hillary's past and how Hillary dealt with any of that stuff, did that play into what kept her from winning the 2016 election, in your view? Well, I don't think that she lost the election on that. But I do think that um, it raises, still raises questions in people's minds about what kind of person she is. And, you know, I'm not even sure that's fair. I mean, I think she's had an an amazing um, career and, and, uh, you know, as, as secretary of state and, and a senator. And, and I just, um, I think she's probably, as some people have said, the most qualified person who ever ran for president. However, I do think that, you know, there's, there are so many different things that play into how people vote. And I know, um, for example, my (laughs) mother-in-law, Would would definitely not vote for Hillary, uh, you know, and and she has a lot of personal reasons that yeah. Huh? But what you just talked about, what what people uh, a lot of those people who thought uh, she her personality uh, was was the reason they wouldn't vote for her, uh, they voted for Trump because of that because they wanted somebody who was mm-hmm. cold calculating and uh tough negotiator and somebody like that. She embodies all of that. But and for her, <laughs> for her, it was a negative for him. It was a positive. It's, it's, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's uh you really can't win in politics. Right. I right. don't know. So uh, I'll, I will let you go now, but, uh, and I will, again, let's talk about the book. Let's bring the book up. And, uh, the book is called uh, Why They Stay, Sex Scandals, Deals, and Hidden Agendas of Eight Political Wives. Uh, Anne Michaud is the author, and annemichaud.com. Uh, the spelling is um, not like like it sounds, folks. So it's A-N-N-E-M-I-C-H-A-U-D.com, and that's where you'll find out and where you can get the book and all the links to where you can buy it and all that kind of stuff. Um, coming across after writing this book, um, are you, uh, an optimist for, uh, America and the, and, and the, and the path we're on in the future, or are you, um, like me, uh, well, you can't be like me, but I'm a pessimist, but uh, are you an optimist or leaning towards pessimism? Well, I think a lot about why we don't get better candidates, um, and that you mentioned, you know, trying to like vote for the lesser of two evils. And, and I would, and I, I think Hillary was a fine candidate, but um, I, there are a lot of bad candidates and I, right. I, people who are in it for, you know, so glory, their own glory and, and uh, self enrichment. And I, you know, to me, we have like these beautiful uh revivals of of the alexander hamilton and all the you know and and the reverence for the founding fathers and all the principles that that our country was founded on and then i look at our our current class of um politicians and i just don't i don't know i mean maybe some of the quieter ones who are just doing the job 
uh, are, are just fine people. And maybe the ones that we in the media focus on are, I think yeah. the system only encourages uh, bad people to run at this point. Mm -hmm. I think, and, and if, if, you know, uh, Hillary aside, I would think the generation change, you know, there was, I think Bill Clinton's era and Hillary Clinton's era, there was this idea of, and JFK was largely responsible for this, call to a higher purpose and to do mm -hmm. something more important and, and to actually uh, leave the world a better place than you found it. But in the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years, I've seen more of this uh, use of it as personal, mm -hmm. um, personal uh, empowerment, personal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, gain out of it. And no, not so much anybody. And the good people, like you mentioned, those people who are quietly doing public service, they look at the president and say, do I want any of that? Do I, is that really for me? No. And they're discouraged from running it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, that's why I'm a pessimist. And that's why I hate politicians. <laughs> Anyway, it's been it's been a pleasure to get educated by you here tonight a little bit about mm. this stuff. I look forward to reading the book. It sounds like a fascinating read. I hope people will check it out, and I will be uh, looking forward to it and seeing uh, if we have any impact on its success. And, and hopefully, we will. So, thank you for coming. Thank you, man. Time here. Thanks. Bye for now. See and Michelle, folks, the book is called Let's uh, Why They Stay. I almost said Let's Stay. What's wrong with me? I guess it's getting late in the week. Tomorrow I have no show. I will be off uh, performing for veterans all day tomorrow. A bunch of different shows uh, going around to VAs and, and uh, nursing homes where veterans are. Uh, doing a lot of uh, giving back, as they say. And hopefully I will get to talk to a couple of World War II vets who are still with us. Not many of them around. Uh, so I'll be back with you Friday night now. Friday, um, I get to two shows on Friday. Uh, David, Dr. David uh, Prologo, and we're going to be talking about weight loss at 8 p.m. Uh, revolutionary new weight loss thing. Yeah, it's not necessarily anything we've ever discussed on here. Not necessarily my strengths. Uh, my strong point is uh, talking about weight loss. Uh, but uh, we'll be here at 8, 8 p.m. Uh, Friday night. So till then, I'm Matt Napa for the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great night. Bye for now.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.